Hi, this is Danny Klein-Monisette, and this is the Afterbirth Podcast, featuring real stories about raising kids that you're not going to read in a parenting magazine. Here's a story by writer and producer Stephen Cragg called Role Model. It was recorded at the M-Bar in Hollywood, California in 2010. So you have been a fantastic audience, and you have waited long enough for this next man who is just an afterbirth favorite. Please welcome the very superiorly talented Stephen Cragg. Um, I wanted a girl. Uh, I felt sure we were going to have a girl. I really saw myself with a fresh-faced, toe-headed daughter dressed like Tinkerbell in striped leggings and red cowboy boots, you know, some super funky little girl. And we'd go see the Princess and the Frog together, and we'd make birthday cards with glitter and paste and feathers, and we'd read comic books and go to the flea market, and she'd hold my hand all the way into her teens. And her mother would talk to her about stuff like getting her period and bras and keeping her vagina clean, leaving, leaving me free to teach her how to ride a bike with a banana seat. That's what I planned on. But we had a boy. I assume most men want a boy. I did not. It's not that I hate boys. I really don't have anything against boys at all. The problem is that when you have a son, it means you're going to have to be a role model. Take a good look at me, folks. I have adult acne. Yeah, that's right. Last week, I got a zit in my earlobe. If there's one thing I know for certain in this world, a role model does not get a zit in his earlobe. A role model doesn't have toe fungus either. You hear what I'm saying? Or sweaty hands. I mean hands that literally drip sweat off of them. I am certifiably gross. I found a hair on the bottom of my feet. Excuse me? Did I hear you correctly? Yes. Yes, you did. There was a hair growing out of the bottom of my foot. Even hobbits don't have hair on the bottom of their feet. I have psoriasis around my nose, in my ears, and on my head. I am flaking off everywhere, like a quiche crust. I have thinning hair. I'm growing gray way too early. I have a gullet under my chin like a basset hound. I have no stomach muscles or even the ability with the help of a trainer to create stomach muscles. (laughs) There's nothing there. My son pushes his finger all the way into my stomach until he touches my back. (laughs) And that's just the physical issues. As a person, I'm undisciplined. I am selfish. I care way too much what people think. I'm a whiner. I hold grudges. And folks, I am stupid. And I mean bone stupid. I don't know how much a court is. Or where Iowa is. Or how to spell knee. Knee. I totally blacked out on how to spell the thing in the middle of my leg. I took the oil cap off a lawnmower once while it was running. (laughs) 
it sprayed hot oil all over my balls. Yes, I was wearing pants, but hot oil doesn't give a shit about pants. I once hit a bloated tick with a hammer. I didn't know what this fat bug was, so I thought it would be smart thing to do to hit it with a hammer to see what was inside of it, which I'm sure you folks know is blood. I opened a window that had an air conditioner in it on the third floor of a house at night. The air conditioner, of course, fell out and smashed to the ground, shorting out the power and leaving a live wire on the floor still plugged into the wall. A wire, I might add, that I looked for on my hands and knees in the dark until I found it and got a shock that nearly killed me. And I have a temper. I'm one of those people who get very upset at the TV, like angry mad at an inanimate object. The ending of Lost made me so mad that I wanted to drive down to Burbank and burn the ABC building to the ground. And I get really angry at the Housewives of New York. I mean viscerally upset because a celebration of people that mean-spirited and petty and insignificant is really the end of the world. It's, it's the apocalypse, fuckers. No joke, these ladies are assholes. And they're on the covers of magazines. And they make me want to punch something. I don't see many role models yelling at the housewives of New York, but that's me. I yell at people all day long, especially people with a Bluetooth. I saw an eight-year-old boy with a Bluetooth. Now, who the fuck is he calling? Is he calling another kid to tell him about a new candy? You know? I get so angry with people. A woman the other day let her dog piss on my lawn and was standing right there, and I was just looking at her. She looked me in the eye when the dog was doing it. She smiled and shrugged and said, it's just urine. No, douchebag, it's acid. Your dog is pissing fucking acid on my lawn. It's lawn-burning acid is what it is. In the movie Alien, the stuff that drips out of its mouth and burns through the hull of a spaceship is dog piss. Does any of this sound like the ruminations of a role model to you people? I would never want my son to emulate a man who still doesn't know what to tell people he does for a living. I'm not a writer. I can't spell for shit. I know nothing about grammar. I mean, you should look at this thing I've written. I mean, it looks like a monkey typed it. And I'm not an actor unless you count being a butler in the straight-to-DVD movie Richie Rich's Christmas Wish acting. <laughs> I honestly don't know what the fuck I do, so don't emulate me, son. Emulate my brother. He's super nice. Or emulate this man right here. I don't even know who the fuck that guy is, but I will bet you $40 he's better than me. When I saw my son's penis in the ultrasound, I freaked out. This is absolutely true. I went to the bathroom and vomited. I had a panic attack that rivaled the one I had when I found out my father was a cross-dresser. 
I couldn't get to sleep. I would sit and watch my pregnant wife lay there on the bed like a log with a pillow stuck between her legs. I would sit there and stare at her for hours just thinking about the male animal growing in her belly. And then I would patrol the house like it was a prison. I would check the locks and all the windows and doors. I had an alarm system put in. I was terrified that someone was going to come in and murder us. Try living your life thinking every day that someone is going to come in and murder your family in their sleep. Why don't you just go ahead and try? On one of my nightly patrols, I noticed that the garage light was on. I didn't turn it on. Who turned it on? Perhaps a murderer. I lay on my stomach and peeked under the door, and I waited there. I waited and watched for any movement from the murderers who were plotting in the garage to kill my family. And that's where my wife found me in the morning, laying asleep on the floor with my face against the door like I had had a stroke. In the weeks before my son's birth, which fits in beautifully with an evening called Afterbirth, in the weeks before he was born, I fretted that I weighed too much. I thought I needed to lose weight. I went on the South Beach diet. So many fucking eggs. I couldn't do it. It's disgusting. Uh, you know, I've never voted. Not once. It's horrible, I know. Well, I actually, I actually did vote once, but it was for Sanjaya on American Idol. And it was done ironically. I mean, I do nothing to help out in my community. I don't even know what the name of my community is. But the thought, I, sh I, you know, I thought to myself, I should go down to the homeless shelter and help out there. But when I went there, I was put in the food line. When I told the lady there who I was, she said she was sorry and that she thought I was homeless because of the way I dressed. It felt less like I was preparing for the arrival of my son and more like I was getting ready for a romantic date except that unlike a date, I would have to be on my best behavior every single day for about 18 years. And then in the blink of an eye, my son Henry was born, and I never let him out of my sight from when he slid out of the Caesarean Divide to when we left the hospital four days later. No matter where they wheeled him, I went. Baths, weighings, circumcision. That's right, I went to my son's circumcision. I thought his dick should look like mine. I thought Dick's needed to look the same, although I was hoping his would be a little bigger. Now don't, oh, now, don't get me wrong, ladies. Mine works plenty good. But you know, one generation always wishes better for the next. But on that day, I failed my first test as a role model. Circumcisions are barbaric. I watched them strap my three-day-old son to a paddle like he was being crucified. They put a ring around his penis and clipped off his foreskin like it was a cigar, and I did nothing. Blood spat, splattered my son's face. I caused the first violent act against him since he was ripped from the womb, and for what? For vanity, not religion or tradition. I did it to make his dick look like mine. <laughs> and I cried like a little girl. The nurse patted my back and comforted me. Maybe you're not just crying for your son's circumcision, but your own. No, sweetheart. I'm crying because you guys just cut off the top of my son's cock, okay? And that was just the beginning of letting my son down. I dropped him on his head when he was one. 
A year or two later, I couldn't make him sit in a timeout, so I put him on my lap and held him in place like it was an electric chair. <laughs> I've yelled at him. I've made him feel stupid. I've criticized him. I've embarrassed him. I tell him to be careful every time he leaves the house, which, of course, makes him terrified. I've gotten into confrontations with his mother in front of him, and it kills me. All these things just split me apart. I was failing him as a father. It laid bare all my insecurities. I am filled with shame, a shame that floats all the way back to my childhood, because I never really knew what my father thought of me. He hardly spoke to me. I would stay out all night in high school, and when I came home, he never asked where I was. He never reprimanded me. He never spanked me. My father never called me on the phone, not once. He never wrote me a letter. I once saw a picture of me when I was five walking through the woods and my father was holding my hand and I didn't understand it. It made no sense. It had to be photoshopped. <laughs> and here's what happens when your father shows no interest in you. You become self-loathing. You assume he hates you and that every part of you is wrong. It's only natural. And so I'm never good enough. I've never accomplished enough. I've, I'm never deserving enough or loving enough. And that makes life hard as nails and unbelievably exhausting. You can't enjoy or appreciate anything. All you see are the hairs growing out of your feet and nothing else. And here's what you forget. That you said I love you to your son every day. That you cherish the day he was born and thank God for the blessing. That you tuck him in to bed every single night. That you call him your precious jewel and tell him that he changed your life and gave it purpose every single night that you drive him to school every single day, that you go to every single school event, that you wrestle with him and tickle him and laugh with him and never lie to him and do every single thing you promise. And you listen to him and cry when he cries and hurt when he hurts and dedicate every single day of your life to him, that you read comics with him and go to flea markets with him and yes, even go with him to the princess and the frog and it was fucking great. You know what? Fuck you, Dad. I am a role model and a fucking good one. For more information about Afterbirth, the live show, the book, or the podcast, please visit www.afterbirthstories.com. Thanks. <laughs>